Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Friend, do you know how patient Jesus is with you? Do you realize how much he puts up with us? Living with our back to him, doing our own things, not always caring about him, not giving him the worship that he is due. And when I think of Jesus, I think of strength under control. Someone who has the ability to wipe anybody out, but says, you know what? I'm going to call you with meekness and with gentleness. Our lives can feel like a battle, and the battle of the mind is particularly fierce. Today, Pastor Jim shares the Apostle Paul's warning of the church succumbing to a have-it-your-way form of Christianity. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 with part one of his message entitled, Fighting the Greatest Battle. Well, maybe you've heard people say this before, or maybe you've said this before. Ugh, it's a war out there. Or maybe I'm in a battle. I'm in a fierce battle. I'm in the toughest battle of my life. These are expressions that people use, even probably more than anybody Christians use. And while some battles are easily seen, it is the invisible battle of the mind that can be the hardest to fight. Now, if you're going to go into a war, what are some things that you need? Well, one thing, it's helpful to have a leader. It's helpful to have someone that you're following. It's helpful to have a strategy. It's helpful to have weapons. And the title of our message today is what we want to talk about is fighting the greatest battle. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter That's what these epistles are. They're epistles, they're letters to the church in Corinth, a wealthy seaport city in southern Greece, a city that is particularly known for its vice and immorality. Those of us who are a little bit older, we remember before Rudy Giuliani was the mayor of New York, what Times Square was like before Rudy took over. You take a bus and you'd get off, and particularly if you were a young man, you'd be just onslaught of guys asking if you want drugs and women and whatever you want, I can find it for you in this godless city. Think of Corinth as Times Square on steroids. The Apostle Paul came in, he preached the gospel, and some people became followers of Jesus Christ. Sadly, though, in their church, and all you have to do is read 1 Corinthians, which we studied a number of years ago, some were trying to follow Jesus, but cultural values, the infection of the cultural lifestyle, had infected their church. It was alive and kicking in their church. And in between 1 Corinthians and what we have as 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul paid a visit and it got ugly. He was calling them out on their church and the way that they lived. And he wrote what's known as the painful letter. We don't have it. It was for them. 
as he rebuked them on the way that they were living. Something else happened in the Corinthian church. A bunch of false teachers began to come into the church. False apostles, they're also called. False pastors, if you will. And they began to come in the church, and they had what we might call a superstar mentality. That was big in Greek culture, you know, the Greek philosophers you've heard of. And so they had a superstar mentality, and they began to come in and sort of mix Bible and the philosophy of the day and maybe some Judaism, some religion. And they began to lead some people astray. And what happened as they began to lead people astray, they inevitably were criticizing the Apostle Paul, like, well, don't follow that guy. He's too much of a Bible guy. And some critics in the church began to well up, and it seems like nobody really said anything about it. And in chapter 10 through 13, he gets very, very serious. The gloves are off, and he is ready to answer the Corinthian church, and these false teachers that they have been following. Now, it's interesting, I say the gloves are off after two chapters of telling them they need to give money. you think he'd kind of tone it down a little. But there he was just saying, listen, you said you would do this, you need to do it. But here he's telling them there's something serious that has come into your church, and the way that you're living is a byproduct of what has come into the church. You know the expression, you are what you eat? They're eating false teaching, and they're living like false converts. And that's what's happening. And like Jesus Christ, he tells them that he is going to return very soon. And we looked more at what was going on in Corinth. We have to keep that in the back of our minds today. But also, we want to do today some parallels to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ tells us he is going to return. Here the Apostle Paul tells the Corinthian church, I'm going to return soon. And what is he going to do? He's going to call them to repent. He's going to call them to turn to God before when? Before it's too late. Before he comes and lowers the boom and maybe kicks some of them out of the church to preserve the word of God and protect God's people. So he says, chapter 10, verse 1, he says, Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly. Some of your versions say humble. Some versions say timid. I'm lowly among you, but being absent am bold toward you. Now we said that this letter is dripping with sarcasm. He knows what the critics are saying. Remember the reminder Be careful of being critical of your boss because your criticisms will often get back to your boss. How bad is this? Sometimes the chief critic in your office criticizes the boss to you, and then when it comes out that the criticism is heard by the boss, they go, oh, I didn't say it, he did. And you could actually take the blame for somebody else's criticism. Be very, very careful. And so he he knows what the critics are saying, so in his writing, he's basically throwing it back in their face. And later in the chapter, he will say this to them, I know what you say about me. You say that my writing is bold, but in person I'm weak. This is a smear campaign. Any of you familiar with a smear campaign? And so what's happening is there is a smear campaign against the Apostle Paul. Please don't think these are atheists coming in saying that Christianity is a dumb thing. These are guys that are toting Bibles. They have Bibles. They say they follow Jesus but they are teaching things contrary 
to the word of the Lord, and the Apostle Paul is going to call them, not in today's passage, but he's going to call them, and God allows it, so it is true. He's going to call them spiritual poachers. They're poaching the people of God. He's going to say that they were sent by Satan. Sent by Satan. But the Apostle Paul is not trying to save his reputation. He's trying to save the people in the Corinthian church from going AWOL, from going off the deep end, for going off the tracks, off the rails. He's trying to save also the purity of the word of God in the Roman Empire because this is an influential city, and if they start believing all of this false teaching, who knows how it's going to spread, and then the gospel, the truth of the gospel won't be spreading, but this sort of different type of gospel will start to spread. There's a lot at stake here. Notice, though, how personal he is. He says to them, I, Paul, myself... And pleading with you. He's their founder. He's their pastor. And like a good father trying to persuade his children, he's asking them to return to the word of God and to stop following all of these teachers that are off. He's trying to call his wayward children to come back. Notice how he says he does it. He says, with the meekness and gentleness of Christ. We might say, with the compassion of Jesus. Read the Gospels. His compassion is unparalleled. Make a mental note of it when you read the Gospel of how the people that he goes after are people that the rest of the world would want to forget. Notice how Jesus is so patient Friend, do you know how patient Jesus is with you? Do you realize how much he puts up with us? Living with our back to him, doing our own things, not always caring about him, not giving him the worship that he is due. And when I think of Jesus, I think of strength under control. Someone who has the ability to wipe anybody out, but says, you know what, I'm going to call you with meekness and with gentleness. In chapter 5, the Apostle Paul said to church people, you need to be reconciled to God. A lot of times we think, well, we're church people. We're good. Everybody see people outside the church that are not good. But no, he says to church people, it's important that we are all reconciled to God. You know, Jesus amazed me. Jesus comes into our world and, and he was absolutely disgusted by apostate Judaism. It was no longer the worship of God in the temple. He was disgusted by people who were twisting what the word of God said, who were thinking that these sacraments and sacrifice is in and of themselves would get them salvation instead of realizing that they pointed to something else. They pointed to a greater reality. Like we say, the sign is not the reality where we are is the reality. And Jesus walked into the temple and said, my father's house is to be a house of prayer, not some money pit. And what does he do? He overturns the tables. Angry at the misrepresentation of God to people. But that same Jesus said this, Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Let me ask you, friend, which Jesus do you want to know, the one who overturns the tables or the one who gives you rest for your weary soul? 
The Apostle Paul is simply following Jesus with a loving appeal to change, with a loving appeal to his church that to come back to the Lord, to specifically get away from the theatrics, but to come back to the Word of God, because it is in the Word of God that we meet the Lord. It is in the Word of God that we see the Lord. It is in the Word of God that we hear from the Lord. But the apostles' critics had a much different view because their view was not shaped by the worldview of the Word of God. Their worldview was infected by what was going on around them. In, in Corinthian church, as you read other parts of the book, it seemed to be more about looking good, looking successful. Does that value sound a little bit familiar to any of us? So much of what's tied up in it is to be an American and so unlike Jesus. You see, Jesus knew who he was and wants each one of us who are followers of Jesus to know who we are, children of the king, heirs to a kingdom, particularly special in God's eyes. And so he says, verse 2, But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some. And then some versions say some people. What is he talking about there? Remember that he said, I know you say in my writing I'm bold, but in person I'm weak. I'm going to come and I'm going to be bold with the false teachers, but I don't want to be bold with everyone. I want to be the merciful pastor when I come. I don't want to be the pastor that has to come with the rod and the staff doing the discipline to the Corinthian church. And he says, I, I'm going to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked, remember the walk is the way we live our life, according to the flesh. I don't want to come and I don't want anybody to be mistaken that I live my life according to human standards. I live according to the word of God. This is such an important concept to understand where we are here. How the apostle responds to these people depends upon how they respond to the word of God. Do we have that? I'm going to come back and visit. He's saying, listen, this is what it's going to be like when I return. Some I'm going to be tough on because they didn't come to the word of God. And some I'm going to be the kind, loving, compassionate pastor that you're used to because you have responded well to the word of God. Friends, this is the truth that the word of God proclaims for all of us. Every single person here, Christian or not, and if you're here and you're not a Christian, I'm thrilled you're here. All of us at one point were not Christians. <laughs> and God changed our heart by the simple proclamation of his word and hearing the word of God but all of us, Christian or not, we will meet Jesus. And here's the question that each one of us gets to answer. We get to choose. Do you want to meet him as your savior king or as your righteous judge? How do you want to meet him? That's the choice he's giving the Corinthian church here. And Jesus gives us the same choice. Like Jesus, he says, I beg you. He says to them, I do not want to come to you as a judge. Now, loved ones, this is something we have to really understand when it comes to the word of God. The Lord warns us. Not so we feel guilty. So we respond to his call and his invitation for intimacy. 
he warns us, so we come to him. He warns us, so we either turn to him for the first time, which you can do today if you never have, or he warns us, so we come back to him. Why? So we feel his love. So we sense his forgiveness. So we truly become free. This is the story of the prodigal son. Oh, I'm just give me some money, Dad. I'm going to go out and party because that's the way to live it up. Listen, man, life is just full of fun, and I'm going to go have it. He spends all his money, and he ends up in the mud with the pigs. And he says, my father, he's rich. What am I doing here? Why am I living this way? I'm going to get up and I'm going to return to him. And at the very least, he'll let me be a servant in his household. And the story goes. As he returned, the father was waiting at the edge of the hill and his father ran to him something Jewish men didn't do. And he brought his son into the house. And gave him the seat of honor and threw a big party for him. Friends, that's why God warns us. Because that's the life he has for us. Not the life of living with the pigs. The Apostle Paul opponents, they say he's just an ordinary man. He lacks the persona. In other places, they say he lacks the credentials. And the Apostle replies to them, don't let my appearance fool you. Don't let my lack of slick presentation catch you off guard. I carry the authority of the word of God. And friend, when you... Walk with Jesus, you carry the authority of the word of God. A church that decides we're going to follow the word, we're going to obey the word, we're going to love the word of God. We carry the authority of the word of God wherever we are. Friends, that's why to us, to many of us, and I hope to all of us, something what might seem as silly as a broadcast ministry to other people in other cities is so important because someday we're probably going to meet someone in heaven who's going to say, I was driving my car in Reno, Nevada, and I heard your church's radio show, and I thought, what am I doing with my life? And I turned to God. And that's why I'm here. But this is also a word for the followers of Jesus inside the Corinthian church. And I think a word to all of us in the body of Christ today. He's basically saying, how long will you tolerate these false teachers in our churches? How long will we tolerate these false teachers in the body of Christ? How long will we buy their books? How long will we donate to their ministries? How long are we going to allow these people strutting around the stage like a peacock with their own agenda, with their own stuff? How long are we going to be a part of such things? They are, not the Apostle Paul, the men of the flesh. Now, sometimes in the Bible, the flesh means our body, but usually it means the sinful nature that pushes the Lord out of the picture. And here the apostles saying, it's even in the church. Well, how did it happen? 
Well, for many centuries, it turned to ritual, right? There was all kinds of rituals in the church, and the very things that Jesus said you had wrong, people started maybe well-intentioned, I have no idea, but it evolved into a lot of people, a large percentage, not all, but a large percentage of the people getting the rituals wrong. And so, like always happens, whenever something is not so good over here, somebody goes to the extreme other side. Nobody ever stops in the middle. Why don't we stop in the middle? <laughs> And so they go from ritual to slick presenters of the word of the Lord. Slick presenters. And what do they do? They tweak the word of the Lord. The conference I was at yesterday, a whole group of people I was with was from a very, very well-known church. And they told me, they asked me about what kind of radio station we had. And I told them and they said, oh, yes, sometimes our pastor puts Bible verses in the sermons, too. <laughs> I said, do you want to download our app right now? <laughs> so how do they tweak the word of the Lord? Well, cool things, fancy ideas. A big thing is everything is about they're going to preach to fit your needs. Are you lonely? Are you broke? You're not feeling well. Are you sad? Whatever the needs are, they know you can buy the outlines if you want on the internet if you're interested in such things. They actually mail them to people who want them. Another thing is they constantly teach how to fit your problems. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Step five, try it again. That's because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. How many of you have noticed there's always problems? There's always problems. There's always needs. But friends, let me tell you this, more than your needs met, more than your problems fixed, you and I need the presence of the Lord in our lives. That's what we need. That's what we need because the problems and the needs will never stop and neither will the availability of the Lord's presence in our lives. That's how we find hope. That's how we experience joy. That's how we sense his love. That's how we make some really good decisions when we're about to make some really bad decisions. And that's how we know that we're his children. That's how we know that we're not alone when we go through these difficult times. It's the presence of the Lord. Now, if you're new here today and you're not a follower or you're new or you're a follower of Jesus or you're not a follower of Jesus, I realize that what I just did is I just violated a lot of the norms of American culture. I committed a grievous sin of American culture and the American church in many ways, I said that some people are wrong. Is that okay? Well, the Apostle Paul, what he's talking about here is wrong beliefs and wrong methods inside the church. Inside the church, whose founder claimed to be God. See, we have to remember that about the word of God and about the Christian faith is our founder, the Lord Jesus Christ, claimed to be God. And how did he prove it? Well, the miracles for one, but really, how did he prove it? He rose from the dead. The apostle Paul is against, because God is against, passing off as error to the people of God as if it is gospel truth. This is why, friends, we study the Bible so hard here at this church. This is the reason why we need to study the Bible on our own. And if you don't know how, write into the church. We'll help you get started. 
because if you don't study the Word of God, you will believe almost anything that is told to you in the name of God. Bibles in hand, stuff that is off, stuff that has never been, there's nothing new under the sun, something that is so very new. That's it for today with pastor and Bible teacher Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope and pray that Pastor Jim's simple and passionate verse-by-verse, line-by-line teaching through the Word of God is bringing growth to your Christian faith. Now that you've heard from us, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know how we can pray for you, answer any questions you may have, and let us know how Change by Love has helped you. Perhaps you want someone to explain to you how to have your sins forgiven, how you can go to heaven, and how you can get started or restarted in your faith. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible teaching church in your area, or maybe you just need someone to talk to. Remember, friends, we are here to serve you and to help you, so that someday the Lord will use you to serve and help others. That's the way the kingdom of God works, and we're thrilled to participate with you in the adventure. There are many ways to contact Pastor Jim and the team here at Change by Love. All of our contact information is on our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. Once again, that's changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you would like to bless us by writing us a card or a letter. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Please join us next time on this same station. Until then, stay close to Jesus, and we know that you too will be changed by His love.